and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And um, today on the podcast, I've got our pastor of discipleship, Rob Spikestra. Howdy, folks. And my pastoral assistant, Kevin Knorr. Hey, guys. And today we want to follow up some of the talks that we've uh, been posting here over the last couple of weeks. I uh, lectured on the Christian worldview for Portbrook Quad Cities um, a few weeks ago, and we had about 80 or so students there. It was a great day of, of um, thinking through the Christian worldview. Had a lot of fun doing it. I know um, I got a lot of good, great questions, and, and I had a fourth talk that uh, just ran out of time. Yeah. Just plum <laughs> ran out of time. Alabama was about to play, so I had to get out of there. Um, and... Um, the, what I wanted to discuss, so I kind of talked about an introduction to Christian worldview, then I talked about um, the story of the Christian story, right? The, the meta narrative, you could say, God, creation, fall, redemption, and consummation. And then my third talk was on um, basically narrowing all worldviews down to two alter- alternatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Jones calls them oneism or twoism. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is one, whether it's in creation, um, you could include spirits and gods and auras and yin yin yangs and all this, all, everything is one though. It's all made of the same stuff versus twoism. There is creation and there is the transcendent God. Hmm. And we narrowed a lot of things down there. Um, but what I wanted to do in my fourth talk was talk about how and why the Christian should be able to evaluate other worldviews, Mm. right? Obviously, we are in a pluralistic world. Um, We've got people in our cities from all different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. all different faiths. Um, We have schools that have been declared to be um, anti-religious, Right, but they're still based on philosophies, and they have to have some kind of morality. They have mm-hmm. to have some kind of sense. So there's still going to be a philosophy that's taught there, a worldview that's taught there, yep. in every area of life. So there's mainly two reasons that Christians uh, need to be able to evaluate other worldviews. One is so that we do not drift into idolatry. That's Romans one it makes it clear distinction between creation and creator. And with that, um, so that we as Christians don't get taken captive by unchristian worldviews. Rob, you have Colossians 2.8. Yeah, Colossians 2.8 says, uh, Paul's writing here, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. All right. So let me just say this right away. Philosophy is not bad, right? Right. Thinking clearly, coming up with systems of thought, understanding the world, understanding how God made things. Philosophy is not bad. Human philosophy based on human tradition and elemental spirits and all of anything other than Christ, that's bad. We have to be... Careful. So the the first reason why we should be able to understand and evaluate people's worldview is because 
we have to steer clear of idolatry, idolatrous worldviews, and empty philosophy. Yeah. And Christians should know there is no such thing as a secular worldview mm. or as a, as a, as a neutral right. worldview. Yes. Every worldview, there is something at its center. There is some morality that's going to be espoused, some law that's going to be taught, mm -hmm. some version of human flourishing. So all of that, all of that is important. All of that is has to do with religion and has to do with worldview, and that we have to be uh, evaluate that in order to keep ourselves um, unstained from idolatry mm -hmm. and faulty worldviews, mm -hmm. and also obviously to teach our children. Right. The second reason we need to be able to evaluate other worldviews is so that we can be good missionaries. Um, worldviews come just packed with all kinds of ideas about meaning and purpose and value and law and the good life. And we need to be able to um, package the gospel or share the gospel in a way that confronts their idolatry, but also... Um, shows them how Christianity is better, mm -hmm. right? Or Christianity can give them something that's better. Now, latent in that, what I just said, because we are worshiping the creator and we're living in a, in a growing secular paganism, what I just said is deeply offensive to many people today. Mm -hmm. To assume that one culture is better than another culture right. or one worldview is better than another world worldview is, is you, you could be called bigoted for that. Um, you could be called xenophobic for that. You could be called racist for that. You could, there's a lot of different things. Mm. Um, but Christians, we have to do it. Like God commands us to do this, to make converts and also to keep ourselves holy, to keep ourselves living his way. Plus, I don't think anybody actually believes it. Why do you, why do you say that? <laughs> All right. So if you, if I say, is the Christian, is I say the Christian worldview oh. is better than the Hindu worldview. Mm. And someone says to me, that's xenophobic. I can't believe you would say that. I would say, okay, do you think when a husband dies that the wife should be burned at the stake? No. Well, that was Hindu culture and that didn't change until we colonized them. Okay. Gotcha. Right? Yeah, so we like the outcomes of what Christianity has brought to many cultures and many countries, but but in the end, yeah. So so that but we don't want to say that we stand up for those things. Exactly I, I, right. Okay, okay. And there's right. gotcha. I'm following. I you. would say is Christian culture better than Islamic culture? And and you I think that's xenophobic, what has Islamic culture produced? And look what Christian culture has produced. Look at the sciences, look at all these different things. Look, let's compare the the 10 commandments with with uh, the, you know, the, the law of Islam, right? The, what, what's the law called? Sharia. Sharia law. What is, how are women treated in one? How are women treated in the other? Mm -hmm. Look what's going on in Afghanistan right now. Women who are, have been educated for 18 years no longer can be educated anymore. Right. The, right now, I just read a report, over a million children are on the brink of starvation right now mm -hmm. since mm -hmm. the Taliban took over. Mm -hmm. Are you going to tell me that the Taliban culture and the <laughs> Taliban worldview is equal to Christian, the Christian worldview, right? So we're, so what I mean by that is that God built humans in such a way 
that we all make moral judgments. Yeah. And we ha- we are be- made we are meant to make moral judgments when it relates to culture as well. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we need to be able to evaluate it. Now we want to be whimsical, we want to be loving, we want to be kind, but we also we can't be mush mouths. We can't just, you know, like just hide and wither and cower. Mm-hmm. Our culture is changing rapidly in front of us and we've got to be willing to say Abortion ends in a beating heart, like abortion ends a life, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and that, those are all, you know, latent with worldview questions. So we see Paul do this in Acts 17. Um, I don't think I'm going to go completely there, but he walks in uh, to Athens and he, Paul's a brilliant guy. He sees the Epicurean and the Stoic philosophers arguing at yeah. this place called Areopagus Um or they would debate and they would hear new ideas and they would hear all this stuff. And if you know, the, the, the culture at the, during that day was pagan. It was a, it was a, it was a one-ism mm-hmm. system. There, yes, there's gods and there's goddesses and there's all this stuff, but everything is one. Mm-hmm. And in walks Paul, and, he, and so, so much so that these philosophers had an idol. <laughs> they, didn't want to miss, they didn't want to miss any one of them, so... <laughs> What did they do? <laughs> they made an idol to an unknown god. That's what it said. The the plaque said to the un- just in case we left we left you out, buddy. Yeah. We don't want you to strike us dead or whatever or send the plague. So they made an idol to an unknown god. Yeah. And Paul walks in and says, "I I know that you're all very religious." Mm. Well, Paul wrote Romans one. Like <laughs> Paul, Paul, all human beings are religious, religious. right? That's we right. all have the religious core. Mm. There is no peop- no one who doesn't worship. And he sees it also, oh, look at all these idols. They recognize that there are gods. And he says, let me tell you about the God that you worship. And this is um, what he says. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. So they had, in, think about this, they had an open door mm-hmm. in their worldview for Paul to present the gospel. Yeah. Oh, you, ha- you know there's gods out there that you're not aware of. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you this one. And that's what it says. What therefore you worship is unknown. This I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it. So here we have a twoism. Here we have Paul and his twoism. All your other gods and all, you know, because they they deified all kinds of things. They deified creation, right? And and the sea had the God of, you know, Poseidon and all this kind of stuff, right? We, we see that in pagan cultures. They deified aspects of creation. He's saying there's something different. There's the God that you don't know is actually the God who created it all, yeah. the transcendent creator, <laughs> being Lord of heaven and earth, and he does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he goes on to even quote one of their Stoic uh, mm-hmm. philosophers, and he says, so apparently in one of their songs, in one of their poems, and I think this is, uh, if you look in the commentaries, they'll, tell, they'll point to this commentary. They said, this guy quoted, for we are indeed his offspring. And Paul's like, you know what? You guys get that right. Yeah. We are indeed his offspring because in him we live and move and have our being. But this is the transcendent God. Yeah. It's not an unknown God. So we see Paul deal with somebody else's worldview there. He gets inside it. He, he looks for open windows, he looks for open doors, he steps through it, and then he shows them how they're wrong and they're right. They yeah. got something right. Sure. You're, you're poets, you're musicians, 
you know, you know, you can sing, love makes the world go round. Well, you're getting something right, but your, your definition of love is probably wrong, yeah. right? Their poets got something right, but they missed the big picture. God isn't oneism. God isn't a part of this creation at all. He's transcendent above it. And everything is in subjection to him. Mm. And he, we can't serve him in any way. And so we must bow a knee and repent to this God. Yeah. It gets him thrown out, right? It gets him, it gets him thrown out. They don't, it gets they don't, us thrown out too. They think, yeah. he's, they think he's crazy, okay? So, um, in one of those worldview books that I had uh, by Walsh and Middleton, I think it was called, um, it was the Green Book, Kevin, if you remember the Green Book. Uh, I can't, it was... Uh, off the top of my head. The one about... Oh, uh, Living at the Crossroads. Living at the Crossroads, thank you. I had the picture in my head. And yes, I was you doing did, this. nice. Living at the Crossroads. They give three main criteria for evaluating a worldview, hmm. okay? One... How does this worldview correspond to reality? Right? So how does this worldview correspond with reality? If it doesn't correspond with reality, then reality will fight against that faulty worldview. Mm. And that will cause us personally to experience a, a breakdown emotionally mm. or some aspect of creation will be left out It'll create a society-wide problem. And reality will try to wake us up and tell us that we need a worldview change. Hmm. So think of like industrialization and like, I, I mean like rampant um, industrialization that, that doesn't take human beings as um, stewards of creation, but rather we're takers, we're destroyers, we're, yeah. we're to maximize and, and defile and dominate culture, hmm. Right. That worldview doesn't correspond to reality. Yeah. Why doesn't it? Well, because people are, are not machines. Uh, yes. People are made in the image of God. And you think about, I just immediately went to the Industrial Revolution and, and, and the, you know, great things were happening. Machines were, were, they were making these amazing machines, but they were making it at the expense of humanity mm. at expensive people so you have children all these children yeah 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 yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You're, you're talking dickens here right yes, <laughs> we're talking we're talking that uh, that classic england english you know time of of just ugly uh death and mm. and just use of people human yes. beings yeah yeah and so and, and that would not bring about that would that would there's something that's creation is going to fight against that right mm -hmm. Through the pollution, mm -hmm. through the yeah. right, Not, yeah, today, right, right, because if you pull, if you if you if you're dumping sewage into the rivers, eventually, you know that's going to ruin that culture, that's going to ruin that city, that's going to ruin that. City. So, mm -hmm. so that worldview doesn't correspond with reality. Now, thankfully, we we brought what did reality do? It pushed against that yeah. worldview, so that worldview needed to change, right? right? And people yeah. stood up and demanded change. Secondly, does this worldview promote human flourishing? Love and justice. Hmm. Okay. Right? Um, so these can go together, it sounds like. Absolutely. Yeah. So they can kind of work together. They, sure. can, they can work together. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the, and, very and, one, the very one I was just giving then, there, there was not, it was not human flourishing. There were, people were flocking to the cities, mm -hmm. but there wasn't human flourishing going on because they, again, were being not seen as the image of God. Rather, there was more of a, a sense of how, how can we use these people? Absolutely. You know. And it was unjust. Yeah, and it was unjust. Right? It was unjust. It yeah. was using the poor, mm -hmm. right? And it, was, and it was not giving them their due. And, and again, we're going to have to... So when you get in these worldviews, you're going to have to define these because 
Christian's view of love is different than somebody else's view, a secular humanist sure. view of love. Christian's view of just justice is different than secular humanist. And by that, I mean, we actually have a standard and they make it up. Right. Mm. They yeah. make up what they think love is. It's completely made up. Each person makes it up themselves. Yeah. Third, is the worldview internally coherent? Mm. Okay. So moral relativists like to say all truth is relative. And I like to say, <laughs> does that include your statement that all truth is relative? <laughs> yeah. That statement is not internally coherent. Right. If all, you know, yeah. it's not, you know, or, or the, the Marxists like to say everything is about power. It's all about power. And, and, and then you want to be like, well, is your statement about power then? Right. Right. It, it's not in, it's not internally yeah. coherent. Right. Um, so, and th- th- as you're listening to somebody's worldview, you're going to be listening like, okay, does this correspond to reality? Does this promote human flourishing, love and justice? Is this internally coherent? And you're looking for really at least two things. You're looking for that doorway in mm. and you're looking for something that you can, you know, challenge Yeah, yeah. or, or say that, that doesn't really work. All right. Lastly, um, and this is, Rob, could you pull, could you open up? Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Sure. Uh, verses 15 through 20. Oh, sure. <clears throat> it's the old Deuteronomic, Deuteronomic test here. <laughs> All right. What, uh, what verses? Chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. Well, okay. You want me to read that for you? Yep. All right. Here we go. See, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. There it is. So the question is, does this worldview bring life or death? Okay. Blessing or curse? We could also say, how does this worldview play in the story of God? You know, creation, fall, redemption, uh, consummation. Um, we're going to say, is this worldview, and he says, obey the law, obey the commandments. Is this worldview in line with scripture? Yeah. Right? So when we're, when, I was going to, I mentioned it earlier. When we're talking about love, whose love are we talking about? Yeah. Who defines love? Yeah. Right? Um, we're talking about justice. Who defines justice? Yeah. Christians are constantly going back to the word of God and letting God's word challenge our assumptions and presuppositions when it comes to when it comes to those things you know we are reformed and always reforming according to the word of god so we're lifelong learners growing in our understanding of the word of god and how it relates to all life which brings up a good point our worldview should never be absolutely fixed Mm. until christ comes back okay sure yeah because we're growing like, think about all the things that, I mean, for me personally, that I've had to think about in the last three or four years mm-hmm. because of COVID and because of all of these different things. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of different things. I had, like, 
government and politics and some different things that I kind of had on the, my back burner. I was like, oh, yeah, well, I hope I get to study those things someday. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, this chaos of the last two years, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I've neglected that. I need to yep. study that. I need to get after that. I need to get my worldview in line with the scripture when it mm-hmm. comes to some of those things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously, the gospel is the, is, you know, the foremost, the most important thing. But the Bible talks about a whole lot yep. more things. If you th- think, think about topics such as such as immigration or topics such as identity or topics such, such as sexuality, it's constantly bringing it back to the Word of God. And when here's here's the point that that, that fourth question is asking: If you're out of line with the law of God, you're in line with death. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So if you are not treating your wife the way that scripture tells you to treat your wife, then you are killing your marriage. Mm. You're, you're inviting death into that relationship. Yeah. Right. If you're not parenting the way that God tells us to parent, you're inviting death into that relationship. So these aspects of our worldview, if they don't get redeemed, if they don't get restored according to the word of God or reformed according to the word of God. Those, those, those aspects of our worldview are, are kind of inviting, you know, uh, brokenness yeah. Yeah. In, into our life. Yeah. And we all know every, we, we have blind spots. Yeah. We have blind spots. And, and if you've ever had a, a child grow up and, you know, get old enough to tell you, they'll tell you some of them. <laughs> yes, they will. <laughs> they'll tell, tell you some of them. All right. So, so that's how we, that's four ways to, to uh, evaluate another worldview and, and the way the Christians are to evaluate worldviews. What I kind of want to do, if we got time, is let's try this, right? Let's let's try. Uh, well, you, well, I guess before we do that, do you guys have any thoughts or questions on any of that? I think this is so important, um, just as far as collecting the pieces and then kind of consolidating them into that practical piece. And so I just, I appreciate you teaching on this. I appreciate you putting the study, the time and the study into this. Cause I feel like for me, um, a lot of times my question tends to be, well, that's great, but how do I do this? Mm-hmm. And so this, these, these four questions are really just practically like, this is what it looks like. This is how you live missionally. And so I just really appreciate that. Cool. Yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm wondering what, what, what does someone do? Like me, well, I have a friend of mine. Um, <laughs> There's a guy I know. <laughs> right, he gets in a conversation, and somebody um, shares, you know, sh- shares their worldview. I, I, I'm, I'm realizing that they are sharing a, a worldview, and I really don't have maybe the quick on my on the you know on on the spot answers. What do I do? That's a great question. That's a great question, Rob. Um, Typically, what I would recommend you say is, so I would say this. First off, how are you feeling in that moment? Are you feeling like they just said something really wrong or really off, but I don't know how to respond to it? If that's the feeling you go, you know what? That, something about that just doesn't sound right to me. Can I think about that for a little bit? And can we get coffee next week and talk about it? I think that's good. I think I would love to talk about that. Right. Um, because I know there's a lot of people that's, 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 that's probably, you need to memorize that response. You know, you need to memorize that response. Um, because people just think differently. Right. And, uh, they have, they've studied differently and all kinds of things. So I think that's, that's a a, a pretty good. And and the reason I, the reason I ask that is because 
it's it's because there's a fear of not knowing how to answer or to be poorly presenting yeah. a Christian worldview, we just want to shy away from it completely, yeah. right? And so we don't ever enter into these conversations, or we just simply listen, and we're like, uh, I don't know what to say here, so I'm not going to say anything. And that person walks away from that conversation thinking that you've pretty much affirmed them yeah. because you've never said anything. And, and so we don't really want that, and, but we really do need to engage these, and, but also admit, hey, I don't know, and that's okay. And I love what you said there because it gives us another missional opportunity in this in, in this individual's life to say, hey, let's have coffee next week. Because I really got to think about that. There's just something that doesn't hit me right on this, and I need to be rethinking. Really and most of the time, that response would be far more helpful and successful than my typical response. Which is what? <laughs> oh, I'll let them know right there because <laughs> I I've, I'm like waiting for those moments. I read and study, and like I can't wait. And here's the deal: most people aren't aware of how incoherent and and broken their own worldviews. Sure. And they don't know they're a nihilist. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. holding all kind of pieces together. Um and so they're they're you know they they're saying things like, you know, oh you can you you know you be you and you do you and whatever you whatever makes you happy. Yeah. And then they don't understand that do you would you say that to a serial killer? Yeah. Yeah. Like you're telling a serial killer it's okay for him to be him. Yeah. Go with what's in your heart. He's right. like, I want to eat your heart. Well, that's weird. <laughs> right? So they don't think about it. They don't think about it. So, but I do all the time. And so I'll be like, you know. Yeah, you would answer that. I way, would right? answer it right away. Yeah. Go, well, yeah. that scares me. Yeah. That right. scares me, what you just said, you right. know. And now some people like that. Some people like that. And some people it, it just blows them backwards and mm. you know, whoa, who does that guy think he is? Well, I'm just evaluating your worldview and that you don't think about very often. Yeah. But if you say, let me think about that. Let's meet for coffee. That's t- you're taking a posture of humility. You're taking, you're giving them some time to think about it. They might go home and go, you know what? Actually, I don't think I actually really believe what I just said. Because yeah. <laughs> our worldviews are often incoherent. Right. right? Or I mean, and, or uh, uh, they're under the surface and we're yeah. not, not incoherent, but, but uh, subconscious. Yeah. And we don't, we don't even think about them. Right. And so we're not, we're not really aware of them. Right, because a lot of worldviews, I think we need to we need to recognize are um, there's something good about them, you know. So many times people will say something, you're like, there's something, you know. It's what you got back earlier, that, which you said earlier, and that is that there are some pieces that can be apps, you know, could be correct, mm. and, and usually that's the part that kind of is led, you know, it's led out that way. Uh, but then there's there's stuff underneath that if you're gonna if you're gonna embrace this, you got to embrace the stuff that's not good for life, as God was telling us there in Deuteronomy 30. So. That's right, because we've been created in the image of God. Um, human beings are naturally going to create some things good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We were good in the beginning. Creation was good. And so there are going to be some things that are good. We need to look for those things. Yeah. Um, it, just because there's something good in there doesn't mean it's worth embracing or eating or anything. Yeah. Right? right? Right. I've always said, like, you can find some M&Ms in the toilet. I would not reach down there and get those things, okay? No, leave them there. Um, so because we're fallen, everything is also maligned and um, uh, you know, dying and yeah. full of death and full of darkness and full of sin. And, and so we've got, we've got to be aware of that mm-hmm. as well, right? And so there are some things that we can... Uh, apply the gospel to and use in, in Christian ways 
from different aspects of philosophy, you know, different aspects mm-hmm. of creation and technology. But then there's going to be some things that are inherently uh, evil, and we have to yeah. we have to reject, yeah. reject, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Satan worshippers might have a great Monday night potluck, yeah. right? <laughs> but we're and so there's a semblance of community there. We don't say, oh well, you know, you guys got a great community here. Can I join you? You know that that no. What's at the center of that is an idol, mm-hmm. and so we we but we might. Um, break apart some of their, you know, or, or I don't know, we, yeah. we could, we would engage them in some way, yeah. right? We would engage them in, in some way. Yeah. And I think if I can offer kind of a third option, you know, you've mentioned that you'd hit it head on. Um, some people can draw back and take that time and space to think about it. But another option for kind of my personality type is just asking a thousand questions, getting, getting under that understanding, you know, even as simple as can you, can you explain that a little more? Um, could give you that insight or you could get deeper into it and realize that you still have no idea how to engage it. And then it's easy enough just to say, Hey, you know, next Tuesday. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Point. For sure. That's good. Yeah, it is good. Cause it, it, it puts the, puts the ball back into their court in the sense that, um, it gives them, they're, they're speaking. We all like to talk, right? Mm-hmm. We all like to Well, most people like to talk and, and we like to talk about things we think are important. And so, yeah, it gives them an opportunity to kind of, you can kind of help them guide them in, the, in their thinking. Yeah, I like that. And in that moment, kind of the burden of proof is on them. Right. If it's, you know, think about this, explain it more to me, then they're in a place where they almost hmm. have, where they're um, pressed or encouraged to defend that worldview. And then, like you were saying, it could be as easy as they talk about it, and then they go, well, that's kind of dumb. I don't, <laughs> exactly. I don't actually think that. Or, or you just show how, like, they make two opposing statements. Yeah. And that means it's internally incoherent. Yeah. Yes. And, it, and it, you, you can't live that. Um, you know, that's... Um, and so you point out... I mean, that would be where you're either pointing out that it's incoherent or they're hypocrites. Yeah. The, the example I used at, on Saturday was all of these people that believe, supposedly believe, they were at the G3 Summit, and supposedly believe that we only have a few years left on this planet before climate change is so bad that it, we're, we're going to be destroyed. And yet they flew there on their private jets, mm-hmm. their fossil fuel sucking private jets. Yeah. It's just, if they really believed that they probably would have Skyped in yeah, sure. and they would have said, I believe my jet, my jet plane is ruining the environment like all the scientists say, and so I'm not going to fly there. Instead, I'm going to do this via Zoom mm. or whatever, yeah. right? So, what they're it's just internally incoherent. It's or either that or they're just hypocrites, right? Yeah. And so, so when you're at and when you're listening to a person's story, that's the kind of stuff you're listening for. Yeah, sure. You know, that's the kind of stuff you're listening for. The mm. guy who says, "Oh yeah, I love my wife. I love my wife. Or I love my family." But you know, he's working 90 hours a week, and then he goes spends 20 20 hours at the bar after he gets off work. Right? Yeah. Well. Hmm. That yeah. doesn't sound consistent coherent, yeah. or coherent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or or whatever. You know, there's a lot of different ways. So is there anything you guys want to do? Like, is there any examples that you guys want to try to to try to work through and in, into evaluating a worldview? Yeah, I'd be interested in hearing the um this is probably a dangerous one, but I know you like a little bit of danger. The <laughs> the branch of Christianity or professing Christians that don't believe that scripture is inspired 
that scripture is the word of God. How would you get into that worldview? Oh my goodness. Okay. And would you say that's a oneist worldview? Oh, of course it's a oneist worldview and it's an idolatrous worldview because they're going to hold up some standard as ultimate. And if we're talking about like the modernist, um, what happened in modernism was, um, it's called critical theory. And this is, if you've heard critical race theory, critical race theory is an outgrowth of critical theory where people are just critiquing everything. They're critiquing everything. They can see the brokenness and everything. And and they're saying things like this, like, well, the only reason you, you tell me to do this is because you want to have power over me. Mm. That's the, that's the Marxist. Or the only reason you do, they're always trying, C.S. Lewis said this, they're always trying to see through everything to like some Mm. deeper motive. Freud was like, the only reason you're doing that is because some sexual weird thing going underneath you. Right. And so there's all basically they believe there's, there's, they're critiquing everything and think there's something deeper or re or more meaningful down way down in there. Now, again, is that, is that internally coherent? No, because you know what they never do. You know what they never critique themselves, themselves, themselves. Yeah. They assume they see things clearly. Mm. Freud, all the way, you can go to Nietzsche, Freud, Nietzsche, Marx, they all assume that their viewpoint is without any, they don't need to be critiqued. They're they're seeing everything clearly. Okay, so that critical theory gets, makes its way to what's called uh, biblical criticism, where people import, Thomas Jefferson is one of the the easiest ones to pick on here, because Thomas Thomas Jefferson says, he, he looks at the world and he says, I've never seen a miracle Everybody knows miracles aren't real. So he says, oh, I'm going to read the Bible, but I'm going to take out all the miracles in the Bible. Yeah. Every met- But you know what? I love all this ethical stuff that Jesus teaches, all these morals. The world would be great if we just all uh, practiced this kind of deistic religion or whatever you want to call it, this moralistic religion. Failing to see that without a transcendent God from which all of these morals come from, you just cut the branch off away from the tree and it's all going to, going to fall and crash. Okay. So that takes an aspect of creation. You can even say an aspect of humanity, rational or rational thinking and elevates it above divine revelation, above the creator. So Mm -hmm. it takes an aspect of creation and elevates it above divine revelation that God has given us. Right. And so, um, so when you take that into scripture and you take criticism, well, how can we really trust this? We don't really know. And we import all kind of, uh, faulty understandings. Um, we take things that we think are moral today. Yeah. Uh, we look at things like, oh, I think a woman is completely um, the same as a man. Mm. And so any, t- any talk of division, any talk of different roles, any type of different um, authority structures in the home, mm-hmm. I completely disregard all of that. Yeah. So therefore, I reject the Bible. Sure. Tell me why you... Tell me where you get the idea that men and women are equivalent. Prove that to me mm. in science. Prove that to me empirically. Yeah. You have, you're, that's, that's something you just made up. It's a cultural value that we have just made up. There is no standard, mm-hmm. right, from outside of things. So whatever, per, whatever this person is bringing to me, that's what I'm going to get. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there. I, I can't remember the guy's name. He was a philosopher. And he come out. He came out and said he, he became an uh, an atheist in college, 
very prominent philosopher. And he was honest with his motivations. Mm -hmm. And he said, listen, I rejected God because I wanted to sleep with who I wanted to sleep with in college. I wanted to be sexual promiscuous. The Bible permitted me from doing that. So I pushed away from that. Mm -hmm. And I looked for reasons that were plausible enough for me to be an atheist. Mm. Okay. Okay. That guy is rare because he actually, um, he actually is honest. Yeah. But if you if you go look at you go look at Rousseau and you go look at Nietzsche and you go look at Marx, these were horrible human beings. Mm. They were the worst human beings. They were immoral. The, their closest friends said like we hated him. We hated them. Rousseau abandoned I think five oh, children. Yes. Was it five children? Yeah, crazy. He just, he just abandoned at the orphanage. I mean, they were yeah. they were godless. Yeah, literally yeah. took them to the orphanage. I mean that that idea. Oh, it's awful. Just drop them off. Yeah. Um, but they were they were con- they were consistent in some areas. They were they were you know they realized you reject God and you get chaos and you get anarchy. Yeah. Mm. So, so hopefully I answered that. But there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons to trust the Bible too. Mm-hmm. You can get you can use yeah. some historical criticism to actually prove uh, the exist the, 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 that we we don't you'll never prove 100 percent that you can trust the Bible. Right. But all these people that that claim biblical criticism. They still read Homer. Mm-hmm. They still read. Um, my son's reading him. I can't even remember something. Cletus. I can't even remember. All these ancient writers, Heraclitus. They read all these ancient writers and they act like they're telling the truth. Yeah. When Scripture has thousands more um, manuscripts mm-hmm. and thousand more mm-hmm. uh, reasons to to actually believe in the historical validity of what the the Bible teaches. Yeah. So. Um, hopefully, I mean, just off the top of my head. Um, so is that, uh, when you were identifying, uh, Rousseau as an example, um, of not being a, a a very quality human being as we would define Mm -hmm. him today, even today, um, is, does that fall under that second question, promote human flourishing, love and injustice? uh, And I mean, and and justice, in other words, do we, as we look at the world, uh, an individual's worldview, it's not only looking at the worldview itself in terms of theory, but we're also looking at those who practice it. Yes, Would that be 100%. correct? Okay. If they, t- if they see that's the thing. Most people, <clears throat> they'll, they want to say morality is relative, so they can sleep with who they want to sleep with. Yeah. But they don't believe morality is relative. If I walk up to you and smack you in the face, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Or if I steal your car, you're going to right. call the police. Right. 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 <laughs> you know. Right. So, so we're not we're not being we're not being consistent with the worldview and and and, and yes if a person believed like that that would not promote human flourishing right mm. yeah you know yeah that makes sense yeah okay good so so you know nihilism that nietzsche nietzsche, nietzsche believed jeffrey dahmer believed mm-hmm. and that's he ate people mm-hmm. and who are you and that's what hitler believed mm-hmm. hitler believed he had the right to determine what was morally good yeah. for for that society yeah. and germany germany's good was the highest good and so we can annihilate all these people that we right. see as weak and we right. can create the ubermensch the, 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 yeah. the ultimate man right who's going to rule uh rule the kingdoms of men but the king of kings and lord of lords rallied the allies to remind <laughs> him he did, is not him he said he said he was going to set up a thousand year reich or something like that and it went four years. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Nine hundred and ninety-six years short of the yeah. goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
by the grace of God. Even in the even in, um, goodness, yeah, God. it's it's crazy. So yeah, yeah. Did I answer that? Was there any yeah. other questions in there? <laughs> no, I think that was a good answer. Okay, I know I was kind of all over the place and bouncing around, but um, hopefully that that was helpful for, for you. Um, if, guys, if you have any questions on this topic, please email me, Justin Dean at sacredcitychurch.com or Rob at sacredcitychurch.com. We'd love to answer them, maybe even bring them onto the podcast. Hopefully, you guys are finding uh, your intellectual, your intellect stirred, your hearts stirred. Hopefully, you're engaging with this content and you're enjoying it. Um, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.